Sunday, December 24th, and this is Season 8, Episode 6 of the Four Star Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. And Shubes. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast, Shubes. Um, well, I, I, we, it's been a while since we've had an episode. We were trying to do about monthly, and we're a little bit over that now, so we do have kind of a lot to talk about, um, but we're probably just going to mostly talk about the big picture items today. Um, and maybe a little bit about the most recent fixture. Um, but so uh, uh, we had our last episode right after the Wolves loss. So the, the, this was right after the, the, the Chelsea, uh, uh, I, I don't even know what to call it anymore, but um, train, wreck. Kind of train, <laughs> train wreck that broke down our season. That's a good way, <laughs> way to put it. Um, and, and then we, we were coming into. Uh, the, game, the match against Villa, which I think we played pretty well, but then we still uh, lost uh, that one ultimately. Um, so I think that was three, and then we were going into City, and I, I think at that point we're all expecting that, um, that we're probably going to lose four on the bounce. Um, but we ended up working out that 3-3 draw against uh, City. Um, we went back into our losing ways against West Ham and then 2-1 loss. And then uh, a, a very good match against Newcastle, which kind of started off this current uh, win streak, which has been some ups and downs um, uh, between that, that win, Forest, Everton. I think the common thread that we're seeing, even when we're winning, is that late in the game we're not looking uh, great, whether that's a fitness issue, whether that's um, – just uh, not having a deep enough bench. Um, I'll I'll let you guys kind of tackle what you're thinking about where we've been going. But how are you guys feeling coming into this uh, uh, three-win uh, uh, streak that we've got going here? I'm just relieved. It was like, was it? We're four points after the nightmare in November that we had. <laughs> it's just how on earth we're still four points off. It's just ridiculous. But considering all the players that were injured or suspended. And that's why I was going to ask about Luke's lock later, actually. How many, what, are we going to be top of the red card or yellow card list? Yeah. What's, what's the over-under? Because, oh, yeah. yeah. Over-under yeah. games uh, missed by suspension would be a great that one. Was, set, set that, that line. Was next question. That, was, that was my next question, yeah. How many, how many Total red card games missed get? by players. And how, yeah, so yeah. So that was my next one, yeah. So, yeah. But, um, I was actually at the West Ham game and... Um, because people, I mean, I was there. I didn't, couldn't get to the uh, Villa game, but I thought we played well in the first half. Then Benzema went off, and then it just kind of went to shit after that. But people say that we played well against West Ham. We didn't. It reminds me of um, if you ever seen Book of Mormon. One of the things they do the opening is when they knock, is when they ring the doorbell and like hello, 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 and that's what it was. Every, we were ringing the doorbell, but literally nobody was answering. So the question that we played well against West Ham, I was, I was watching it. I remember screaming at Decky to like to use his right foot or something. And yeah, that I mean, I mean, I think you're right. Shoops. The the thing that I always I said was like that game felt like you know how it it felt like we had so many almost chances. If that makes any sense, like we were we were in position. We did everything right. Where there's always that one opportunity, and then you create the chance, like. We did that a hundred times. We were about to create a chance and then just didn't. It was, I've never seen such a dominating performance without any chances. Like we just didn't actually do anything in the final third. It was so frustrating to watch. And I think the theme of like the last month or two before this three game win streak here, I think the three or the, the theme has been losing from winning positions every game in that like Chelsea we were up one and we ended up losing I mean that one obviously was a debacle in its own way but uh like West Ham we were up one nil ended up losing Villa we were up when ended up losing uh Wolves we were up ended up losing so like I think that I think the thing that gives me a little bit it's frustrating because to be completely honest that was the exact same thing we did yesterday against Everton was there's we were up 2-0, and we still were, what, two inches away that that ball crosses the line from fucking that up and giving away those points. <laughs> like, and, and it was just, I think the thing is, I love Ange Ball. I love the way he plays. I love the way he has these guys playing and how it's being instilled in them to do this and to play and to be on the front foot and continue trying to go get those goals. But I think what we need to start having is a bit of situational awareness in these tactics where... I'm not suggesting we go play like Mourinho ball again, but 
there is stuff that needs to be learned by these players where, like, Anthony, you were at the pub with me yesterday when we were watching the game uh, over at the Atlantic, and I was losing my mind in those last five minutes because it was like we were still bombing forward trying to create goals, which was leaving us exposed at the back, which I'm totally fine with if we're up up one and we have Romero and Vandeven at the back with our starting healthy defense. But I'm like, we have Ben Davis, Royale, and Dyer back there being left as like, like how was Everton hitting us? We are up one with 60 seconds left. How are they hitting us on the break, exposing us in transition? There should be no transition. Like, put numbers behind the ball. Like, just hold it out for 60 seconds. We don't need to just bomb forward and leave Dyer exposed at the back. Like, for for all the I say, we all everyone has their own opinions on Dyer. I know he's not the best defender, but it, it's hard to blame him in those situations because I'm like, why is he being exposed one on one against Danjima with five seconds left? Like. We should have numbers behind the ball and make Everton try and crack us down, not being like we we just we need to we need to for this season, I think we need to have situational awareness in these tactical moments where we say, look, I know we are all about being on the front foot, but maybe it's okay right now to take our foot off the gas and just see this out because that's what the great teams know how to do. And we've learned those lessons before in the past. But I think the the thing that makes me a little bit more optimistic is knowing that this isn't some kind of systemic problem that we're going to be dealing with in the long term. These are just growing pains in the fact that we don't have a deep squad yet and just had one transfer window. And a lot of these guys won't be here as we move forward. And I think that you have, uh, we, we've had these like weird injuries that have spiraled us in games. Like Shubes mentioned when Benton Kerr got hurt and that completely threw us off our game. Yesterday was the same way. We were in the driver's seat kicking ass until Romero goes off at halftime. Now, all of a sudden, we're like, oh, crap. So I think that is the one positive takeaway that I'll have from that is that it isn't it, – it just it is just a squad issue. It's like we don't have the depth, and I don't expect us to yet. It's just too early. So it's not like it's a – it's not like it's a huge flaw that's going to help or prohibit us from getting where we want to go as a club in the next couple of transfer windows. Well, just uh, on the edge ball thing, uh, and I'll let you go. I'm not going to have a very long thing. I – Late in the matches, I, I do think that he, he sees it more as uh, put on situational players, uh, bring on a Hoybier, somebody who's a little bit more defensive-minded than uh, than what you might have on the pitch at the time to uh, to see out the game. But I think there's a certain fear of um, switching tactical style too much because uh, we've seen what's happened with a lot of these players that we've had in previous years. And when they uh, have to play in that defensive mode, they crack anyway at the end of the game, even if they are sitting a little bit more back. So I can understand what you're saying, Lucas, but I think there's a certain element um, that we've got to play the, the style ball that we're playing if it works. Yeah, I'm saying like maybe make sure the hot line isn't quite as high as it normally would be. I certainly agree with you there. But I, I, I think there's a certain element that Ange doesn't want to change it because he doesn't want to create uh, different, different habits. But I'm sorry, go ahead, Jubes. I was going to say, well, my mate Chris, who runs Tottenham Softman, he was at the match yesterday. And um, he's, if you get to watch his videos, which I think he said I'll upload them on um, Boxing Day. And he said that there was basically like a, I don't know if you have, if you do this in hysterical, but we have like office Christmas parties on Christmas mm -hmm. Eve. And but what will happen is though, especially if like depending on the nature of the office, is that some people in the office will be working and there'll be other departments that are actually just partying away. So it's kind of like part. I think that kind of seeps to the thing because once you go two nil up so quickly, you're already in that Christmas party mode kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then and it was like complete for game. There's a match to be played, and that kind of translated from to the fans. They were already celebrating Christmas already, kind of thing. And the match hadn't even over yet. And I think that kind of went onto the pitch. I mean, uh, one of the things he said to me was that when Dan Juma came on, he was very direct, very skillful. I mean, like, it was literally, he really, I don't think he had a point to prove because I, I saw Dan Juma play. I think Tom was here for that Bournemouth game, actually, I think. And the poor guy literally, he did his best. He just never seemed to be the right fit. But he, I'm not saying he was like, like motivated by revenge, I think, but he, but he put on a real good show. And literally, it was so close for that ball going over the line. As, as Chris made me groan and said, thigh margin. So that, that was his words, not mine. But literally, that's how close it was. But 
I, I mean, if you watch Match of the Day, which obviously you wouldn't do because that would be illegal using VPNs and stuff like that to watch the iPlayer. But um, it may look no, as I if like... No, I definitely don't do that. Tommy and you I definitely don't, don't do that, of course. Cool. don't watch it here. On... <laughs> but it may look we as if like... Never. It may look like Everton won like 4-1 or something. I'm like, no. Definitely, I think we had our chances. If you look at, say, our attack, our attack had more quality. Andre Gomez, before he went to Everton, was linked with us. But there's a reason why... He was at he did, he went to Everton and then I think went to Lille last year. You know I think the different the reason we won was that there was a difference in quality and attacking, and the reason that as Lucas said that they were able to get back into the game is that defensively, I got to give credit to Royale for playing at left back. The poor guy's a right back. You've got Eric Dyer who's not played for two months. I think there was you know, I don't know if you saw that video. He's like you don't even want to speak to me. Why are you speaking to me? Yeah. But he was a pro. He stepped up, and. You know, and I don't think we've had a settled, like, defensive line since that Chelsea game. So I think no, it's I'm hoping, hoping like, and obviously, so that's something. You know, well, I don't want to happen going into the window, but as I think, if we can have that, then yeah. But I do think that you're right, Lucas. I think you can't always play that way, but I think I can understand it because he's trying to get the players to say, look, believe in the system. You know, if you believe in the system, you've got to believe in it. It's kind of like when you jump. I don't know, when you do like a, a bungee jump or something, you can't just like inch out or cliff dive. You have to like go all the way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and oh, absolutely. Dive, you have to dive all the way and that's how it works. But like I said, I think, you know, it'll be interesting because I thought this game and the one coming up against Brighton at the Amex will be our toughest games. Um, obviously, we don't, we don't, I don't know what's happened to Man United or Ten Hag and all that kind of stuff, but I thought these two games would be the toughest. And I was surprised. I don't know about you, Lucas, but... Um, Sean Dyche, his case, because again, I remember obviously when Chicago Spurs came out two years ago for that Burnley match and they had to avoid being relegated, they had to, whatever, it was like the second or last game. But I, was, I thought Sean Dyche, he's going to be very like, 10, 10, you know, 10 behind the ball. He played quite open. That surprised me. I was like, is this the same, is this the same Sean Dyche we all know yeah, about? I know. And, and, and he has been playing that way too. It's, it's, it's very interesting to see because I, I think once Everton got that like 10 point deduction, Ever since then, they've come out with like this chip on their shoulder, and they've been they've been playing really, really well. And like I think Sean Dice actually like adjusted his tactics a little bit, and they have been playing open, and they have been being aggressive, and it's been working for them. So they've been putting a really good results out there. So there were a lot of people that predicted that Everton would probably slip one by us and actually take all three points yesterday. And I think to your guys's point, where you're saying Ange wants us to play that way and the point that I wanted to say is I I completely agree I I just brought it up there saying look this is something this season that could hurt us that we don't have any way of switching and we're only built he's just having us play this one way and he's not adjusting I'm actually totally okay with that it's the same thing like if this was year two or three I might have I would be causing some really big concerns, but I completely agree with what you said, Anthony, where, because I was, I was all in favor of it against the Chelsea game. Like when we went to nine men against Chelsea, we were still like, it was one, one. We could have parked the bus and just said, let's try and see this out and get a point. But he said, no, fuck it. We're going to keep going forward. Everyone palm forward, keep that high line. This is how we play. And to me, that sends a clear message to the players, which is what is important right now. The stuff where we need to learn how to see out games in different tactical situations, <laughs> that's going to come down the line. The most important thing for us right now is to have everybody buy in and understand what their role is and how Ange wants them to play. That's the biggest thing for us right now. And that's why this year is kind of a free hit. We have such crazy, like, the fact that this is something that is even a topic for me that, like, is worrying me speaks to how far ahead of schedule we are in terms of, like, where we, like, it, we, it's easy to forget the fact that just this year in May, in late April, we're having the club refund our away guys' tickets for the Newcastle game because of how embarrassing our performance was. Like, we were, like, it's easy to forget that that was only, like, six or seven months ago where we were an absolute shit show and we were in chaos and we had no direction and we were rudderless and it was a nightmare. And... We're now talking about, like, maybe we go top four. If there wasn't the crazy Chelsea collapse that was just a misfortune on a bad tackle and 
an injury. Like if we didn't have that moment, we would sit, we'd be sitting here at Christmas saying we could win the league. So it's like, it, it is, it is, it, you need to remind yourself that like we are just very, very early on in the process. And so I, it, when I do bring stuff up, like, oh, it bugs me that we're not finishing and changing our tactics to sit behind the ball and see out games. That's going to come down the line. We'll get there. For right now, what is important is that the most important thing is having every single player on the squad understand that when you come onto the pitch, this is how we play and this is the way we're going to go forward. And it's going to be really, really important because that's going to translate into the squad guys where when we have our starting 11, our, our dream starting 11 fully healthy is great. And they all know, and they all seem to have meshed and understand the way Ange wants to play. But then if you plug in like a Hoy bear or something in the past, that might all of a sudden disrupt something. And Hoy is like, well, this isn't the way I play, or this isn't the way I want to operate. But now it's like everybody on the squad is understanding. Even Skip is understanding who's that's traditionally not his style. Like it, it's very good to see that Ange has set the priority as everyone needs to learn. This is the way we play. And we will figure out the seeing out games situationally and stuff. We'll figure that out in years two or three. This is a long-term process. And like I always bring up Klopp and uh, Pep, like it took them very, it, it took Klopp four years to win a trophy. Like you've got to implement your style and you got to bring in guys that play your way and you've got to build this culture. And that's what he's doing. It's just, like I said, it speaks to how well he is doing as a manager that we're even in this position right now. And there's players blossoming into their roles. I mean, like, I've, I don't know if we've more speak about um, Pap Matsar, but if you watch that Newcastle game, because when I was watching it, because the first two goals are in front of me, and I saw Sonny literally Trippier, I'd have no idea why they, when they happened the first time, I thought, yeah. But the second time around, like, I'll give Trippier some help because he needs it. But one of the things that you don't realise when you're watching is you've got Pap Sar for that first goal that scored by Destiny Doggy. If you watch his movement, as soon as Papsar goes forward, he immediately sits. And if you watch him, I, I just, I just, I literally watch his first replay. I'm like, it's called like watch Papsar. You watch his movements. He's not running around like a headless chicken. There's real intelligence. I don't want to. People can. I, I like compared him to Vieira. When I was at that Newcastle game, they asked me with the man of the match. I said it was Papsar because if you watch how he moves, he creates the extra overman. He creates the extra man at the back. But he's not running around like like meow meow like I mean he's literally it's very purposeful and there's a bit of Kante in that. It's very intelligent. And he's what twenty one. I mean, a twenty or twenty one. And yeah. I mean, of all the players that I thought we'd miss going to the African Cup of Nations and like going to like uh, what was it not not just him? I think Sonny goes in early January. It's not the African Cup, but the Asian Cup, and then uh, Basuma goes as well to the African Cup of Nations. But if someone said to me which player would I miss the most in terms of replaceability? I would say Saar is probably one of the hardest to replace because not because of his physical, but just his understanding of the role. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously, Sonny's amazing. He's our best player and he's our captain. But if you look at what Saar does, it's very hard to plug someone in to do that. If that makes sense. Yes. And, and you've kind of tra- transitioned uh, the conversation to where I wanted to go next, which was talking about individual players. So perfect uh, transition in. Um and I agree with you. Sar has been uh, a revelation. I, I, I knew we had a, a player there. Conte wouldn't have been using him if, uh, if he didn't have some, something there. But what we've gotten out of him this season has just uh, been amazing to me. I mean, I never would have put him um, it, it, starting in the midfield uh, um, during the offseason. Um, I figured he might be a, a tool coming off the bench, but now now he, we can't play without him. It seems like, and um, I, and I think that's it's what a great purchase that was. Uh, when we look at back on that a, a couple years ago when we brought him in, uh, I don't think any of us were sure whether this would amount to anything. Maybe this was just another money purchase, like a Brian Hill type purchase that you don't know whether he'll ever amount to anything, but he certainly has. Um, he signed it for Nuno. <laughs> Think about that. How crazy that is. Nuno just was managing Forest yesterday. We signed him for a manager that was like four managers ago. That's how like disjointed and crazy our acquisition strategy has been. I don't know what it's like for like the American football, like when you buy new players in or something. But it's this most disjointed. It's been <laughs> crazy how he's taken these players that were pretty much like Padre Porro was a wing back 
for Conte, who's probably going to be leaving anyway, long before the, you know, whatever happened, the Southampton meltdown. And he's transformed him. People were pissed that we didn't sign Raya for like 30 million. And for me, um, Vicario is probably, he's got to be up there in the top three or four goalkeepers in the Premier League. He's he's up there for me. I mean, he's, I mean Allison's like number one, clear streets ahead. But I wouldn't say Vicario is far off. Well, I don't know what you guys think. Well, I, I think to your point, Shubes, there that that's the that's the part where I get so excited is Ange has like I, I mentioned that we have like or like Klopp, for example, had the four years that he needed to be at Liverpool. He needed several transfer windows to get his guys in, get guys that he he actively seeks out, get guys in, get them learning his system, get him playing the way they want to and understanding their roles. That's all going to be coming down the line for us in the future. But like Ange is doing so much for these players. And these are players that were brought in from other managers to play their systems. Like you said, she was like, well, Nuno was what? Four managers ago. Like it was like four managers ago. And it was, we, we got guys that were brought in to be, Center back, like even Royale, like how did Royale must, how must he have felt when he was brought in to play full or to be like a true fullback under Nuno? And next thing we know, he's sacked and we have Conti and we play wingbacks. It's like, so it's just like it, it, these players have been through the whirlwind and they've been every one of them, like they've been playing under different systems. Like Lacelso has been in four different systems. Like, so there's, he, he was brought in to play under Poch. Like, and then it, it's just, it's very, very encouraging to know that these guys are and can get so much out of these players. And when two years down the line, when our entire squad is guys that Ange brought in and Ange believes in and Ange wants to do this and Ange wants to do that, like that's going to be a scary team to reckon with when we're already a pretty scary team with like this bad news bears hodgepodge lineup that we've thrown together and had to overcome injuries and suspensions and all this. And we're still getting these results because of the way that he inspires these players to play and the way that they believe in what he's t- like teaching them and the freedom that he's giving them to express themselves. It's, it's really, really encouraging to think that in a couple of transfer windows, we're going to have a full squad of guys that and personally selected and and brought in. And it's just, it's, it's exciting to think about, I guess. Well, I, I want to have a bit of a conversation uh, about Richarlson. Um, now, here's a guy that I think most of us were ready to uh, march out the door at, at a certain point, like after a full season with barely scoring any goals in any competitions and starting the season off similar, similarly this season. Um, I think we were uh, really fed up with him, thought it was a waste of money purchase. A lot of people were talking about moving him on. Um, and then uh, he comes back from this uh, minor surgery that he said was bothering him and it looks like maybe Richarlson was right maybe it was just that uh, nagging little injury didn't it feel like he could kick because all of a sudden he looks like the um the guy that we spent uh 60 million on um because he's been fantastic four goals in three games um how are you guys feeling on Richarlson uh is this is this, this a relief because uh um, maybe that's one less guy that we do have to purchase at this point uh, in the upcoming windows. Well, I was there when he um, he missed an absolute sitter against West Ham, and I actually said an Ewok would have been a better better in the air than Richardson because <laughs> that's how bad it was. But again, when I saw him against, um, I don't know whether it's Newcastle because obviously there was that bit of beef between him and um, I think it was um, Callum Wilson. I think some other player from West Ham. I've forgotten who it was. There was that they were like taking the piss or something, but he seemed really amped for it and. Since then, I don't. I think it's a combination of he's he's feeling confident in himself, feeling confident in his body, and if you look at that first goal, that goal he scored against um, Everton, it was really funny for two reasons. First of all, his celebration is like he's about to celebrate, then he realizes, wait a minute, yeah. I can't celebrate. <laughs> he had to catch him. He caught himself. He was just about to go off, and then was like, "Oops, it's Everton. Respect, respect." But I don't know if you guys play. I know. I think. I don't. I don't think you play in in the like, touch football. But that that, te- that technique to score. That's a very difficult technique, and that only happens if you really, truly believe in your ability to have confidence. Because that's a very difficult kind of. It looks very easy. It, it looks like it's happening, but it's not. It's very. It come that ball's coming in very, very fast. You have to connect really well. 
Uh, it's because he was, that, he was near, know. like he was like the way his body was positioned too. He was already basically almost in line with the post, and like the keeper was playing near post as well. So he had to have that. Like you're right, Shoots. That was actually a phenomenal. It was a way more difficult finish than it looked in the moment. Like it looked like just a tap in in front of goal, but he had to place that really, really well. And it takes only somebody that's vibing on their own confidence is gonna like. That's a that was a Harry Kane type finish. And apparently, what I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys get to watch Spurs play abroad. I'm, I'm assuming you do. They were doing this thing about Sonny. Sonny's actually saying that he said, look, apparently he said, well, a couple of things. He said, like, Richarlison, I kept saying Tim's had the operation, had the operation. He didn't. And then he ended up having the operation anyway. But they're calling each other out. They're holding each other accountable, saying that he's got to do this. He's got to do that. And people, I, mean, I think we spoke with the openings um, uh, podcast and we talk about who should be the captain. I am seeing a lot more honesty that players are holding themselves to account. And I don't know whether that's an Ange thing or whatever, but there is that you're seeing that leadership. And the funny thing is, you know, one of the things that we, because we, we, I think, I think uh, Tommy was there for the Bournemouth game. People were screaming for Pochettino's name. Well, look where he is of Chelsea. And like, Ange <laughs> was even our first choice. <laughs> Ange wasn't even our first choice. So it's the leadership. And I think we're having really good leadership not just off the pitch, but as in like, like maybe the executive, but management and coaching to the fact that I think Swansea wanted one of our coaches and there's leadership on the pitch as well. Like they're, they're talking to each other and then there's no one hiding, which I think Harry Kane, I love Harry Kane. I'll always love him a bit, but it's like having, it's like the justice league. If you've got Superman, you can think, oh, screw it. Superman will save the day. I don't need to do anything. We don't have Superman anymore. So they, all these players have to step up and, you are getting players stepping up and not just in terms of their performance, but how they're holding to each other to account, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about LaCelso a little bit. We've seen a little bit more of him over the recent weeks. Um, we, we kind of have to use him at this stage. Um, how are you guys feeling about him? Is he, do we want to see him move on? Um, in the winter window or summer, upcoming summer, or do we think uh, maybe this, maybe he is a keeper in the same system? Uh, go ahead, Lucas. I, I would love to, if we could get a nice offer for him in January, I would love to move him on now. Um, and that's, that's not a, that's not a knock on him as a player. It's not me saying, Oh, I think he should move him on. Um, I, I think that he is, there is a player there and I'd love the way that he's actually kind of, briefly like resurrected himself here at Spurs like under Ange I, I really respect that and I, I think he has been valuable to us in the last couple months but to me it, it, it'll just never be he will always be him and Sessegnon will always be guys that I'm like if we can get a price take it now because they're just unreliable they cannot stay healthy it doesn't matter like LaCelso will play a couple of really nice games and he looks really good and then picks up an injury and he's out goes to Argentina picks up a knock like it's he's just unreliable. It's, it's not, it's not working out. It, I remember what was it like him? We, we were like two years, I think into having him on the team and it was, he had played 90 minutes in eight of his first 64 games. And that was a guy we brought in to be like Erickson's replacement. Now I guess Erickson also did set the high standard of being like a Viking psychopath that played 90 minutes every day of the week. But like, with LaCelso, it's it, it's just he's never been able to give us a full ninety. He's never been able to be reliable with his health, and and that's why I'm like, if we can get a price, take it immediately. Let's talk uh, Udogi a little bit. Uh, um, I think we knew he, there was a, a serious player there, um, but uh, did you guys expect him to be this good when um, when he started the season with us? I saw him against, when I first saw him, I saw his first, one of his first matches at the lane against that Ukrainian team. I forget which one it was. And I just thought, I looked at the sheer size of him. He's an absolute unit, but he's mobile with it. But there's, I think he's, people forget, he's only 20 or 21 or something. And he's playing, I don't think, and I think for Italy, he played as a, as a left back. Uh, he played for his former club as a left wing back. And now, his, and if you look at the way Ange plays him, He's, he's a left back. He's a left defensive midfielder. He's a left central midfielder. He's like a left inside left number 10. It's like we're asking players to do things they weren't doing before. Like 
people like Decky came in last year. We thought him as a winger, and now he's playing as a number ten. And it's like, what the hell is going on here? Because, and I think that's the thing is we we are playing this kind of like IX style, like total football, in terms that we are asking players to do all kinds of things, especially the fullback. Because like last year, the fullbacks had to be up and down all the time, and this year they are doing that in a slightly different way. So I've got to give credit to him and to Porro because like I remember that Porro when he played against Man United, we were like, why is Porro why is Porro starting at Manchester Man United? And he thought he'd get smoked. And he, um, like him and Vicario, because obviously it's a shame Madison van der Ven got injured, and that's obviously, that, that can't be helped. But for me, Porro and as long as Vicario, they've been like, you want a seven out of 10 player, which sounds really bad, sounds really horrible to say it, but you need someone who's consistent. And he's been consistently really good. And you want someone that's really reliable, and that reliability and availability is a real superpower. I think. Oh no, definitely, definitely. Like I, it, it, the inverted wing back position is not a easy position to to play, and both 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 players have just adjusted so well. It's been revelations this year that it it really has been huge for us. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about Basuma because at the start of the season, I think many of us said uh, Basuma was uh, was was setting himself up to be our player of the year. I mean, he was fantastic for the those like first four or five matches, like, a key component to our success. Um, and then uh, at some point, I think it may have been the yellow card accumulation getting into his head, uh, the, uh, lots of things uh, going on that then got, got that red card, um, that first red card. Um, that uh, somewhere in there, like uh, that player seemed to have gone away, and and we got somebody who's just careless, and 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 now now we've lost him for what a good uh, month and a half uh, because the African Cup of Nation coming up after uh, his suspension's gone. How are you guys? Where are you guys at uh, on Basuma? Um, are you willing to wait it out and and think that he will be a key, key component to the team moving forward, or is? Uh, um, was it just like a, a bit of a good streak at the beginning of the season for him? No, I think he is. I mean, I, I, he's he's definitely going to be somebody that's going to be a massive contributor for us in the next couple months, and or not the next couple months, but I mean, in that second part of the season, uh, next couple of years, he's going to be a massive player for us. He just needs to. I, I never have a problem with the yellow card accumulation if it means you pick up a. You pick up a one-game suspension here and there because of your accumulation. Fine, like I, I'm okay with that. It's just he does need to work on the decision making. That is something that um, just it has been a problem. He is that good of a player, and I think the thing is that we're all waiting to see what our we've been we've been robbed of the opportunity of having our dream midfield that we've talked about since the start of the season. The Bentoncourt, Madison, and uh, Basuma. Like, we all want that. That's what we dream about. We think that that is the potential best midfield we could even think about. Like, that that could still be on the horizon. We just need a bit of fortune in terms of injuries, and we need a bit of Basuma growing up as a player and not using a bit of situational awareness. Again, that was like the, the challenge against Forrest was so unneeded, so stupid, and just... It's, it's decisions like that that can derail the momentum and, like, cost us really valuable points. And it very well might, knowing that we're, like you said, Anthony, we're going to have to lose him for the Cup of Nations, the African Cup, and we're also going to have – he's got to serve out the suspension. So we might not see him again until, what, February? Like, if that. So it, it's, it's really unfortunate that that's because of a really stupid decision that he made and – Unfortunately, we haven't really seen – we've seen so much good out of him this year, but we haven't seen the growth in terms of the mental side of that. But, um, no, I think it is just – I'm going to chalk it up to growing pains, and it's I, you can put Romero under the same category. It's you got to take the good with the bad, and do you, do you say, all right, look, we'll take it, but it might cost us a few points, or are you willing to pass it up and – for right now, we really don't have that much of a choice, so we got to kind of makeshift our team around it. But I, I do think that Basuma is going to cop on, and I, I think that he's going to be a massive player for us for the next couple of years. 
Well, and I think a certain point of is that Angie's style is you need to win that ball back fast, and that does open us up to this uh, aggression and sometimes that poor decision making, and you don't want to take that aggression uh, uh, away. So I think we we may have to see a lot of uh, uh, yellow and red cards uh, come out uh, and, and to, uh, that goes, to be able right, to play Anthony, that way. That goes that goes to what I was kind of saying earlier, where. That, that's the situational stuff that needs to come. It doesn't have to be right now. I'm glad we're playing the way we are. I'm glad we're instilling this. But in the future, we're going to need to have to use our head saying, I can, in the future, we're going to have to learn how to be super aggressive and play the Andrew system, but also know, hey, I'm up 2-0 with, in the 70th minute against a team that hasn't even sniffed a goal and they haven't even remotely broken us down. Maybe I don't make this challenge. That's the stuff that we're going to need to see in the in the coming years. Not right now. Right now, what I said earlier is my belief that the most important thing is beating into these players' heads that this is the way Ange wants to play. But in the future, we're going to have to make those. Otherwise, we're not going to get where we want, and we're going to lose valuable points, and we might get knocked out of a cup. It, 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 like That's stuff that can hurt us in the future, where it's like we will have to start making those intelligent, tactical decisions of when I should be aggressive and when I shouldn't. But for right now, the most important thing is just, yeah, I, I want to err on the side of aggression right now. Well, I do want to, I, oh, go ahead, Tubes, before I... Uh... Well, we, we spoke about Richarlison, like how like he had his physical injuries, but I think he spoke about like he had some psychological issues. And like, because we started him, we gave him to look, Harry Kane's gone, we're starting you up top, but it wasn't working out. And in the end, we were able to put Sonny there. I think Sonny, Sonny's our best number 10, best number left wing forward. I think he's like the best of our strikers. But I think one of the things that we didn't have is that okay, Basuma's out, who's going to take him off? Because normally it would be, it would have been Bentoncourt, but obviously he's been injured. Uh, there's, with there is no other centre-back right now for Romero. I think what the, one of the things we'll hopefully we sort out in January is if, 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 if the new centre-back is coming through, is that, well, do you know what? If I'm suspended for four games, I'm going to lose my place. And I'm not automatically going in because I love the way how well, um, uh, what should we call it, plays as number 10. But I don't want uh, Madison to come back in straight away if Decky's playing so well. He has to earn his spot back. Now, that might just happen just because Sonny's, you know, Sonny's going away to the like, Asian Cup, so they'll probably play Sonny up left wing, Madison left wing forward or something. But what I'm saying is I think the fact that he, they're looking on the pitch and thinking, do you know what, if I don't do things better, as in I don't play better, if I don't be more careful in my decision-making... I'm going to be out for four games and I'm going to lose my place. And then normally that wouldn't be an issue because we don't have the depth. But as we're going to be getting that depth, like Benson Corp, this Sadiba guy, if that happens, I'm hoping that will cause them to change their mind, if that makes sense. It will cause them to grow up. Basically. Yeah, yeah and, to, and to your point, you brought up Kulusevsky there. I did want to have a bit of a conversation about uh, positional flexibility uh, out of some of the players that we're seeing. Um, and we, we've seen Decky uh, switch positions and sometimes switch positions in the same game. Um, um, and then guys like Ben Davis, who have been uh, very good at uh, stepping into a variety of positions. Um, I, I, I think some of what we're seeing um, at the, in this time with all, this all these injuries, all these uh, uh, red cards, um, we've gotten to see players uh, be able to adjust to uh, what the team needs pretty well. And I do, I do give uh, Ben Davis a lot of credit uh, for his uh, um, ability to step into a, a two-man center back role, uh, which is not um, probably not his best. Uh, he's probably best in a three-man center back role or as a backup uh, left back. But uh, we've seen him be able to do multiple jobs this season. Now Decky's doing multiple jobs. I, I think that's key to uh, uh, Ange Ball team's success when we're suffering this much with the injuries. And I think it's why we've seen us bounce back with these three consecutive wins, uh, um, tough fought ones. Uh, um, I think, Lucas, you wanted to tackle that? Yeah, like I said, it, it's, it's important. I think Ange gets a lot of credit for what he's able to get out of the guys. That's something that I had heard, again, didn't know much about him when we signed him in, or when we hired him in the summer, but that was one of the things that I had heard from a lot of uh, Celtic fans and other people that had said the best quality of his is he can get a lot 
of production out of what he has to work with. And I think then you also have to give a lot of credit, like you said, Anthony, a lot of credit to these players. They're being asked to do roles that, A, they're not used to, B, they might not ordinary, like Royale, Dyer, Davis. Uh, like these are guys that are being slotted into roles that aren't theirs. Decky's been asked to just be, all of a sudden now we need him playing in the middle. Like there, there's guys that are being thrown around into different roles and being asked to go succeed skip this isn't something skips good like used to so there's there's a lot of guys that have been have elevated their play and have actually stepped into roles that they're not used to and that aren't their usual strong roles and they're actually succeeding really well uh now that's not something we want in the long term obviously like we're gonna bring in we want to have two or three transfer windows from now we want to have all these guys playing their regular roles and the roles that they're best at that's how we're going to get the best production on the pitch. But like for the moment we're having, we're seeing a lot of guys really step up and play above their means. And it's been, it's been fun to watch. And it is, they do deserve a shout for um, like, even yesterday, I think I said like uh, Royale played some amazing cross in. And I thought he would have never done that in the last couple of managers and the last couple of systems that he played in. He would have never played that ball in because he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have had the freedom to like, these are talented players with a lot of different skill sets. And I think Andrew's doing a really good job getting them to believe that. Yeah. Have a go, believe in yourself and actually try it. And who knows? And so we've seen a lot of real talent that we wouldn't have seen uh, from a lot of these guys in different systems. Yeah. And we've seen Johnson play on both wings. Yeah. Uh, oh, totally. Like uh, he, he'll, he'll rotate back and forth. We've seen Sonny go from uh, uh yeah, basically striker to uh, to back to yep. wing. Richardson um, the same way. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's it's it it really is um, refreshing to see that we uh, we th- that they believe in the system and they're able to make the adjustments that they need to uh, to play in different roles, um, like the hoy beers of the world that come on and like. Uh, um, even though they're not really forward-thinking players, like at times they are getting forward and contributing. I've seen Skip running into the box. I do have some concerns about his ability to play in this system, but um, but uh, and see something in him that that, that made him play uh, this this past week against Everton. So I, it, it's just really exciting in general the, what we're getting out of this group of players. Uh, with all these injuries, because what a test it is uh, to have to go to our bench and then uh, still kind of come out of that really difficult period and, and start start winning games again, even if it does look a bit ugly at the end. Um, uh, it, se- it seems like we have something going, and I, it does give me confidence for where we're going in the, in the future. But I do kind of want to shift the conversation here. Um, we have a couple more topics to talk about, and I want to take a look at kind of upcoming fixtures a little bit. Um, so um, I'm going to do about the next uh, maybe uh, three, four weeks of fi- fixtures, just so we have an idea of what we have coming up uh, with this busy holiday period. Uh, so th- this upcoming Thursday, we don't have a Boxing Day match uh, this year, which uh, really pisses me off. But uh, this Thursday, we, uh, we, we take on uh, Brighton away. Um, now, uh, away, that's th- that's likely to be a pretty tough fixture. Um, then uh, the following sun- Sunday, New Year's Eve, uh, we take on uh, Bourne- Bournemouth at home. Uh, the following uh, Friday, we have uh, Burnley at home in the FA Cup. Uh, that's uh, January 5th. And then uh, the following Sunday, um, uh, January uh, January 14th, we have uh, Manchester United away. So um, these are games that could be winnable, but uh, with the congestion, with the injuries, with players going to, to the African Cup of Nations, how are you guys feeling on these upcoming fixtures? Uh, first of all, I hate Friday games. Nobody <laughs> here, no one in the country likes Friday games. I mean, even if they're home or away, they are horrible. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I get it for TV and stuff like that, but for you guys and your pub, it might be a nightmare. But um, it's a weird thing because I think, I mean, I, I was really looking forward to a Boxing Day game. That's one of the best things is like going to a Boxing Day match after Christmas and any excuse to not to have to go to Boxing Day sales. So now I knew I, I do have to now to go to the shopping malls. But um, no, it's, it's I, I think Brighton is a bit interesting one because I saw them play against Palace last week and 
it was it was a bit of a knockout. It was a bit flat because I think it's coming up to that low because I think they've played quite a lot of matches because they're in Europe. But it's weird because when I saw because we'll talk about yes, I thought when I saw us play Brighton as early this year, and we did beat them, but we were so fortunate. Brighton were like that was like the worst performance I'd seen us win um, until yesterday because I don't think we played that well yesterday. In all fairness, um, Brighton, you never know which Brighton's going to turn up because you've got the really good Brighton and like Matoma. Evan Ferguson, you know, so some, they've got some really good players. But then there are other times you just don't know, what, you know, Welbeck can play really well as well. And then other times they don't just turn up for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are, Lucas. Yeah, Brighton's always a weird one. Uh, Brighton away for me is always a tough one too. Um, I mean, we've been able to sneak out some results there the last couple of times, but it's just, it's, it is one of those teams that I feel like, it's almost like West Ham when you, when there's a couple of teams out there that you know are just going to like, it must be how like city fans feel when they play us. <laughs> like, like Spurs <laughs> lost three in a row, but you know, they're going to fucking turn up today because they're playing us. Like, that's just like, for me, I feel the same way. I'm like, Brighton could lose three shockers in a row and then just be like, well, it's Spurs day. Like we all better show up and be the best versions of ourselves. So that one does spook me a bit, but um yeah, I think again, it's it's one of these where I, I feel like we've been playing. I feel like the the belief that we have and that Andrew's installed in us really doesn't matter who we play. I think we're going to turn up and give the same performance. So I'm like, if we can, it'll be interesting to see if Romero's back or not. We don't know what the severity of what his injury is, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And and I think. I feel like we can, the way we play, we can actually score. We can throw up four goals on anybody. You know, it, it just, it depends on whether we're clinical on the day. So I think that one's a tough one, but I, I still feel confident going into it. Um, the big one for me is Burnley at the FA Cup. Like I really want to get off the mark well in the FA Cup. Um, this is, I, I think we have a massive opportunity this year. Um, we have a couple of downsides in the Premier League. Like it doesn't seem like the Premier League's that, the top Premier League sides that we're used to seeing, like, like I don't think Man City is going to give a crap about it because they're going to be trying to catch up where it matters to them. I think Liverpool won't really give a shit about it because they're going to be trying to run down the league. Arsenal, same way. Arsenal's going to be in the knockout stage of Champions League and trying to win the Premier League title. So there's a lot of teams that are probably going to bin off the FA Cup. And, and I think this is a really, really great opportunity year-wise for us to make a run at it and have a go. Of course, it always comes down to the draw, you know, yourself. It's like, could be, we could get five straight really tough Premier League teams, or we could get that one year where we, what was that year where we played like Millwall, Swansea, Marine, like we, or we, we played like a bunch of schmoes in a row and just walked ourselves into a semifinal. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Millwall, Millwall was 2017. I remember that yeah, because that, that year, our, think, our pub think... was closed, like literally because everyone thought that Millwall was oh, out yeah. to fight. And the six was nil, 2020. Right? Was that, six nil? It was 4-0 or something, and Harry Kane got injured. But I think um, Noreen was a weird one because literally you had, um, oh, what's that Brazilian guy that played? He played to Fulham now. He scored a hat trick, but he was acting like you'd done something. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah not, you it was scored Carlos. a hat trick at the non-league time. You scored a hat trick at the non-league Vinicius had the ball that rolled over the line, and it was literally on the, it was on the goal line, and he bashed it in as hard as he could, and then, stood there like Superman. I was like, dude, this is a pub team. Relax. We're just here to have fun. Their goalkeeper actually was like, a he was a bar back at a pub in Liverpool. Like, just calm down. But, but yeah, no, so that, 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 that's to me, the big one is Burnley. Like, I would love to get off the mark well. This could be a bit of a dodgy couple of months or a couple of weeks with the injuries and the losing players and the suspensions. But um, I, I think if we can really just kind of hold down the fort, sneak a few wins here and there, um, stay within the stay around the top four i think that when we actually get our health and our players back we could have a really strong push at the end of the year so for me i'm not too worried about the premier league right now i would love to just keep kind of grinding out results if we can but for me that burnley game on the 5th of january that's what i got my calendar circled for i can't wait i can't wait to get back in the fa cup and get that rolling yeah no it, it, it's always a fun time and it's a chance at a trophy and uh, um, though I think it's probably too early for Ange to even talk about going that deep, it's it's a, it's an opportunity there, and um, 
if this can be the guy that gets a win something for, for us and gets that across the line early in his tenure, he'll be he'll he'll be legend and he'll stick around for a while. Um, um, last topic I kind of wanted to touch base on uh, just a, a little bit about the the op- upcoming transfer window. So obviously we ha- we have all these injuries. We have the African Cup of Nations that we have to plan for. Um, we certainly need an- another center back to, to be able to give us a rotation option, which I, I think most of us wanted over the summer. Uh, but not that I think we can complain about how the summer window went. I, I think it was a pretty good window for us, um, especially how people are performing now. Um, but um, what are you guys hearing about uh, rumor-wise um, or just uh, what type of player are you really hoping to, to see us get across the line in the winter uh, to, to kind of bolster us uh, as we move forward for the rest second half of the season? Uh, Shubes, you can go ahead because I have a, I have a very uh, I have a very unorthodox take on this one. So if you got something, you can go ahead. Well, I don't know how much, I don't have. For me, I don't want us to like go like crazy and buy like do like a Nottingham Forest and like buy like ten players or something. I think that's just craziness. I think I think it's a case of if there's a player available that that fits the profile, then go for it. I mean, I know we've been linked with that player who plays for Nice, which is owned by the new Man United part owner. So that's something that I found rather odd that like literally because you'd think he'd be want to sell his one of his better players to Man United, but apparently he might be coming to Tottenham. But I don't know what's going, what that, how true that case is. You've got like apparently we've been linked to Gallagher, who's who's I think he's captaining Chelsea, but they have to sell him because of some weird FFP thing where he represents pure profit. And, in, and apparently Pochino doesn't want to sell him. He doesn't want to go. The, the fans don't want him to go either. But this is like coming from above their heads. And I think the only other person I'd I'd look at, I think I don't know what you think of Lucas, but we haven't seen Sessignon for God knows how long. He's been injured for so long. I have lost faith in his ability to stay fit. And yeah. I think, oh, yeah. and I think if we can get someone, I think we've been linked with Eiling Junior because I think Juventus need money and we uh, somehow Paratici was there yesterday as well. Uh, but someone has meant to be suspended from football and uh, football activities. He seems to be at a lot of matches. I don't know what on earth we're doing and how we're going to get away with this. But um, uh, apparently, obviously, because he's obviously, I think he obviously he signed Decky and um, uh, Benson Core, and he actually signed them for Juventus as well. And I think he signed this lad as well. So I think Juventus definitely need money. I know they've had some financial issues, which is, I think, not just Juventus. A lot of the Italian clubs are having like financial issues anyway. So maybe they'll be they'll do some weird deal, but. Honestly, if we can just get maybe a couple of players, a centre-half, a good centre-half, not just any no-mark. If a midfielder comes in, yeah. But again, I'm interested in the outs because I don't really want to... I think because the problem is if we get players in and then we have like too many players, that can maybe I'll set the out of the car because it's a very delicate balance. But I can't think of any players I want to leave in January unless there's like some stupid money on the table. But again, where does that money come from if it's not in the Premier League? That's the only thing I'm thinking of. Yeah, I, I could see, like, I, I think it might be time to start thinking about uh, selling Oliver Skip while he has uh, some, uh, um, we might be able to bring something in for him. Um, I, I, I agree with Lucas that LaSalso might be a might be a good opportunity to sell since he's uh, uh, d- doing fairly well right now. Um, and it, I, I would be happy freaking more significant players if we had some outgoings as well. Um, uh, Dyer, I mean, uh, he might just stay to the summer and go uh, for free, which I, I guess I'm not yeah, he totally will. by. But, um, but if you could get something for him now, um, why, why wouldn't you? But, uh, of course, I think he would have to agree to go to where because uh, he might just want to get – yeah, he's he's not. There's. Uh, I know. I, I'm with you. I agree. But like, Dyer's not going to do it. Like, why would you? Like, he can have his pick of the lot in the summer, as opposed to like being like he would. He'll never sign on for that. Like, getting sold somewhere, he'll be like, "F that! I don't want to go play for them." So, um, I, I think for me, the big thing is, yeah, there's there's business I would like us to do in January in terms of if we can get deals. Uh, we all know January is. January is the trickiest window because people are either in 
like that January is the window where people either overpay and get robbed or you can make off like a, you can make off like a bandit if you're the one selling. So January is where there's a lot of weird, like distorted value in the market because teams are either we have to panic buy right now to try and stay up or we have to buy to try and win the league or go up a division, whatever league or country it is. So you see the value, like the true value of players get really distorted in January. And that's why I think what's important to me is if we can get a value that if we can get a good value for a skip, La Celso, Sessegnon, someone that we can sell on, that would be great. Um, but to me, the thing when in terms of bringing players in, to me, it honestly doesn't matter because I'm taking the long view of things. Of course, I would love to say, like, let's go buy the best center back and then we can go push for the league. But I mean, if Romero and Van de Ven are healthy, what center back that is of quality wants to come sit on the bench and wait? The only people that would do that are like if you're going to be making 400 grand a week or something and like that's what City gets to do. So for us, the thing that's important to me is if we see and identify somebody that is of value that we can have for the long term that will be part of our future great take a take a punt at it like let's see how it goes but i i don't want us to like panic buy or try and spend because we're worried about this year this year is a free hit this year isn't what's important what's important is bringing in guys and starting to build our foundation a handful of the guys that are on our squad right now will not be here next year will not be here two years from now. So it's about building the right way and we have to build our foundation. So if there is an opportunity to get somebody that we think can be a part of that, great. Like even the, what was it? Like the 16 year old Croatian kid we bought like a couple months back. Like that's a great investment in terms of that could be somebody that's a part of our future. That's he's being touted as one of like the best potential center backs in the world. Like, great. Uh, but there is a, there is something about like I, I just I don't want us to panic and just spend in January, because we as supporters think that that's what we should do. Like we need to be building, and bringing in the right people. Shubes, you had a point. Like they have to mesh well. They have to be mesh well with the dressing room and be a part of it with these guys. And I just I don't want to see us go buck wild and think oh, we need a striker right now and, like, pay through the nose. It's like, that's not what we need. That's not going to be helpful. If this year, yes, I want to win the FA Cup this year. I would love to finish top four. But I, I don't think we're ready yet. And this year is about building and setting our foundation for the next couple of years. So if there is a player in any role that we think can be a future guy for us, great. Let's take a shot at it. If not, <laughs> let it off. And to your point, like, uh, I'm not – mad about like an Ashley Phillips who uh, oh, gosh, yeah. I, I can't believe I forgot him yet didn't even mention him I'm like that could be a play he could be the next Ledley King for all we know like yeah, yeah it's there's a lot of potential there and like that's the stuff that that's the stuff I want to see is smart buys that we think could be part of our foundation and like build off of that yeah and even if those guys never amount to anything in our squad or or can't really adjust to the system um, they're still good purchases because we can probably sell them on for more money uh, uh, at a later point in time. And that, especially with uh, financial fair play things heating up, we, we obviously we've seen Everton with the point deduction. Uh, the, the more money that we're bringing in off of good investments, the, the, the better moving forward. So I, I won't even be hurt if we just get another one for the future. I know a lot of people get angry. We need somebody now. We need somebody now. Yeah. But but sometimes you do have to buy, make those purchases for the future, and it, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Uh, well, and Anthony, and you're 100% right, too. That's that's what football has become, and that's what football fans have become. Like, like when I was a kid, if, like, if, if Spurs qualified for well, – there was a point when I was a kid, if Spurs didn't get relegated, that was a good year. Like, <laughs> if we got – if we took one point out of six against Arsenal, that was a good year. But, like, it's – Football fans nowadays, it is about instant gratification. Like, you want it now. It, it, I, I want success now. I want this now. We have a new manager. We should be winning the league now. It's People have kind of forgotten that 
unless you're just Man City and can buy yourself trophies, like that's not how it works. You have to actually build. We're unfortunately we're seeing it right now with Arsenal. They have built a foundation and they are now succeeding because of it. They've given their manager time to implement like implement a system with players that they've brought through. I hope it doesn't work out for them, but <laughs> that's what like that's what we are we are in the earliest possible chapter of that and we're seeing things go so well. So that's what we, we need to, as football fans, I know it's hard. We want to just win the league. We want all the results. We want all the trophies, but we need to actually build and give Ange time to bring his guys through bringing. That was why my favorite signing of the summer was Brennan Johnson. Not because I think he's going to be the best player ever, but because he was the one that Ange literally said, this is the guy I want. Ange made it clear, this is the guy I want. And Levy was like, all right, we'll go get it done. That to me was a huge step for us because it's like, that shows that Levy and Ange are on the same page together. Ange identified him as, this is who I want. Levy go, I'll go make it happen. And did. If that trend continues and Ange says, I want this guy. And Levy says, I'll go get it done. We're going to have a system and a squad of players that Ange has hand-selected. That's the type of stuff that you do. That's how you start seeing these teams build into squads and build into multi-year dynasties. Like, that's what we're looking for, and that's we're in Chapter 1 of it right now. And so that's why this January, I'm like, don't panic. Don't do any stupid buying. If we see somebody, great. We can identify him as part of the future. If we could sell guys on, that would be great too. But yeah, there, there's not one long-winded answer here, but there's not one position that I think we need to identify in January. And it, it, to me, it just doesn't matter. Well, and Chubb, all the bring of the home month. this conversation. I'm sorry, I was just saying, Chubb, bring home the conversation because um, I think we, we yeah we can't like say go the flavor of the month because like do you remember like at the beginning of the season it was Gift Orban and it was and it was oh David look I say let the manager manage. You know, I I will query like different signings, but ultimately I think like the manager manager because people get invested. Oh, Levy, get your checkbook out. Why are you not getting? Gift Orban did really well his first two seasons. Now he's, he's really struggled this year, and they and they're now saying, oh look at Santiago Jimenez, he's killing it in in the Dutch league, and and to be fair, he's doing very very well. I think he's playing for PSV, which obviously does help. But we forget Troy Parrott has actually scored like what what five game five goals in twelve games. In the Dutch league, and that's his first season there. And Excelsior are like a mid-table team. Now, if that his if his name isn't Troy Parrott or let's say he's had nothing to do with Spurs, they will be like saying, "Oh, we got to sign this kid. He's a wonder kid." Blah blah blah. No, no. Just look, we have a decent team. We've always known this. The problem is is with injuries and suspensions and loss of form. How do we accommodate? Well, we're building up slowly. I mean, they were like, so, so, "Oh, we've got to play Jamie Donnelly. We've got to play Jamie Donnelly." No, we brought him on. I think for the last two minutes, and by the way, I've got to say this, uh, Jamie Donnelly is, is a kid from Northern Ireland. He's got Northern Ireland roots. He did this wonderful thing for this little girl called Myra, who's had this incredible amount of surgery over the last two, three years of her life. She's only been two or three years old, loads of surgeries. He took his shirt, signed it, and he goes, this is to you, Myra. This poor kid's had so many surgeries on her. And I thought, that's what that's, that's a good kid, and that's what we want. We want to bring good players who are good characters. I mean, if, I don't know if, I mean, I, I, that, I don't know if you, you guys saw that Premier League thing that Sun did. For the was it the young, the two young girls whose dad has like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's the, I'm proud of my club I don't ever look I mean you 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 spoke about um, Newcastle how how we were like so ashamed of it look what we are we're proud of our club again and that's all I want look I'd love to be proud and have some silverware but we got the we got our pride back and that's what I want I'm proud of our club and so whatever we do I'm just hoping that we do it wholeheartedly we're not doing it because uh, pre to like, satisfy some fans. We do it because it's the right thing for the club, right thing going forward. And don't go from there. Sorry. And, the, and there's yeah. your Shubes, you said it best. There's your there's your summary for all you listeners. Just this Christmas, I can proudly say I'm proud of my club. <laughs> and I think this That's is the greatest Christmas gift that I can get from old Saint Nick himself is hey, I'm proud of my club. I'm gonna have Christmas dinner tonight and just be proud of my club with my family bunch of Spurs supporters themselves and we're going to have a nice <clears throat> nice chat about tossing Everton it's going to be a great evening because I can be proud of my club and that's something that's like 
not not many teams get to say that. So, yeah, and it's right, been a while, Sam, and that's that's it's something that while. I I didn't think I would get to say last April. <laughs> oh God, because there was a point where I was not. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and I and I think that that is a good way to wrap up this episode. Um, uh, we have our pride back. Uh, we have our Spurs back, and um, I I think we got a lot to look forward to in this upcoming new year. Um, but this is a good place to go. Um, so I um, I'm I'm Anthony, and you can find me on at Callahan forty two K A L I H I N forty two on Twitter or or X, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, Shubes, where, the, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me at The Real Show Bond. I keep calling it Twitter as well, by mistake. I keep saying Twitter. Uh, you know what? I don't think I'm ever going to call it X. I'm just going to keep calling it Twitter until like 20 years down the line, one of my younger cousins is going to be like, what the hell's Twitter? And I'm like, All right, never mind. Just X, X, Y, X, whatever it's called. Not, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, so I... Yeah, go I, ahead, Shubes. Where, where can they find you? At The Real Show Bond. And... Um, Yep, just to say, by the way, I missed you guys. I'm hoping to see some of you guys coming over, I think, for like April or May. Yep. Please don't bring them a lot. Leave them a lot in, in, um, in Chicago. And let hope you guys run out of them a lot because you're drinking so much of it as we toast so many wins into this new, into this new year. Great. And uh, Lucas, where can they find you? Uh, you know yourself, Lucas Rusky, L-U-C-A-S-R-U-S-K-E, at all one word, Instagram and Twitter, or X for <laughs> 15-year-olds out there, always <laughs> hit me up. Happy to talk Spurs about any topic, any time of day. So, yep, you can find me there. Great. Well, well, thanks so much, to Lucas and Chubes, for being on today. I want to thank uh, Rick for editing today, uh, Charlie's the Music, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill. Uh, come on out this holiday season to watch with us if you're in Chicago. Uh, find us on our many platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Stars Birds and our website at 4 Come on, you birds.